Well, hey, I was, I was hoping to talk to you about uh, a few things today. By the way, you sent me this this talk slash meditation uh, called uh, Being With What Is. Uh-huh. And there was a line that, that stood out to me about mm. um, how we can't push reality away. Mm. And obviously, I, I think it's almost, there's almost this, um, I don't know, it, it's like a, a human default to, to do that. And may, maybe, not yeah. a, maybe not a human default, but so much as, uh, once we have language to describe things, it makes it easy for us to to uh, attempt to push reality away. So I was hoping maybe you could expand a little bit on on that sentiment. Hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> there there are um, a lot of different ways um, you can apply this idea um, or even talk about it. Um, I think so. So, so I sat down to record this this talk in meditation um, because I, you know, I felt like this was something that people needed right now, and I was actually um, in the midst of of dealing with um, this global pandemic. Had something happen in my personal life that that was um, distressing, and so I, I kind of just sat down and shared with with my friends who had had requested something like this. Um, the types of thoughts that were helpful to me in that moment. Um, and so, yeah, for, first to just kind of describe the feeling that we have um, when we're very stressed, when we're facing something that is scary, um, when we're in a situation like the one we're in, in a, in a global pandemic where there are a lot of unknowns, there's a lot of fear, there's um, a lot of even just um, a disconnected feeling um, between what your daily experience is and what the threat is that's out there that we're often not in- engaged with or encountering really in a, in a direct way. Um, and so there's this feeling that I think most people know. We don't really have a, a name for it, but um, it's when we've gotten bad news, when we are faced with something that's distressing, um, where it, I call it an emotional stance of pushing away. Um, and it is, it's this very natural reaction. Um, and it may even, I haven't thought much about it. It may even be related to, um, something else that I, that I actually thought we might talk about, which is, um, emotions that we usually consider to be negative emotions like fear, which, um, of course can be motivating for useful behavior, which, which, you know, we have, we have all of these emotions for, for a reason. And in situations like this, I think it's good to, to listen to them and follow our, our instincts and our, and our, and our, um, to not just kind of push, push those feelings away as if they're not useful, because I think they're, they're often very useful in helping protect us and prepare us. Um, and then of course they run off the rails and they, and they make us miserable (laughs) feelings like anxiety and, and sadness and outrage and whatever else we're experiencing right now. But, but the, the main thing I wanted to address in that meditation was just the fact that most of the time when we're in that stance of resisting what is, um, it makes our emotional discomfort worse. Um, and it takes a moment to realize that and, and to unravel it a bit. But um, there, there seems to be um, more of an ease in ourselves, no matter what type of um, difficult moment we're facing, if we can just let 
let it be, um, let it be there, be, be able to be with it rather than, um, it's, it's a very hard, um, it's, it's a hard, I don't know if you'd call it an emotion. It's a, it's a hard feeling to describe, but it really is a sense of not being able to accept or acknowledge what's happening. Mm. Um, and there is something painful about being in that space. And so whatever, um, whatever hardships we face, whatever discomfort we're in, um, usually it takes the edge off just a little bit to actually pull out of that resistance and, and just be with whatever, whatever is, however uncomfortable it is. Yeah, the, uh, my daughter and I, uh, my six-year-old daughter, Ella, she, her and I recorded a video about the five stages of quarantine, which sort of based mm-hmm. off the, you know, the, the five right. stages of, uh, of grief. And, and it, it's almost, it almost sounds to me like you're talking about a mixture of, of some of those, right? The, the first mm-hmm. one, yes. I believe, is, is denial or, mm-hmm. or, or, or isolation. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then from there it goes like anger and, and bargaining and, and depression, although you know, we, mm-hmm. we could only use the term depression, like clinical depression, it could be a sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually an acceptance. And I, I would argue there, there are stages beyond that with, with respect to finding meaning and, and maybe even thriving after, sure. after yeah. the acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think you know, when we talk about this reality, right, we talk about, um, you can't push reality away. I, I love that, but I also want to recognize that that mm-hmm. there are different realities for um, f- for many of us. I, I just talked to my brother uh, mm-hmm. today, and he works at a factory in Ohio. He's forty years old and builds cabinets for a living, and their mm-hmm. whole factory shut down. And his, mm-hmm. the same week, his wife got laid off. They have a newborn daughter, mm-hmm. and and and. I sort of feel like for, for someone like me, I'm, I'm literally right now, I'm talking to you from an ivory tower. Now it happens to be an apartment building, yeah. but yeah. like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here in my ivory tower. I'm relatively comfortable. I have the, the privilege of being able to work remotely. Uh, and while my brother goes to find a, a job at an Amazon fulfillment center yeah, um, yeah. temporarily to, to um, you know, be able to pay his his mortgage, basically, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I, I don't know. There's a piece of me that, that says, you know, uh, "There's a piece of me that, that's like, hey, of course, we should stay home, and, and we want to we want to um, uh, flatten the curve." And um, but at the same time, like I, I feel like, is that my position to be sitting here in my in my ivory tower, telling other people to to stay mm-hmm. home because? I, I see it. I'm beginning to see it even firsthand with, you know, with. Oh the yeah, no, not course. everyone can. No, it's a privilege to be able to stay home. I think there was a recent article in in the New York Times about um, how this is hitting and and will continue to hit third world countries. And I mean, there 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 are many people in this country who simply can't stay home for for a variety of reasons. Um, but there are places throughout the world where it's just not. It, it will not be an option to ask everyone to, to quarantine, self-quarantine in the way that we have. Um, and yeah, no, and I, I definitely don't want, um, when, when I make that point about, about not pushing reality away, um, I certainly wouldn't want that to be confused with, um, um, 
di- different people's circumstances. Um, and so I actually, I, I was saying that coming from a place of having just lost someone. So, so I'm talking mm-hmm. about it in the most extreme moment of grief, even. Um, so yeah. wh- whatever it is that we're facing, it, it's almost, um, it almost applies more, the more pain we're in, um, that, when you know that that's that's a good example, and, and so many people I know now already have lost someone um, to this virus, and so grieving is something that I myself am doing, and 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 I'm experiencing other people um, around me doing, and that that it's such a deep type of psychological pain to lose someone you love, um, and there are times when. There's a there's an opportunity to get just the slightest bit of relief um, when you can notice that your resistance to it is making it actually more painful, mm. and so that's all I'm talking about. Yeah, there. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, I, I wasn't in terms of pushing reality away. It was less about circumstances and more about a, an emotional stance of the reality of what you're feeling even. Well, let's talk about some of those those negative emotions. Uh, you, you brought up fear yeah. and outrage and anxiety and, and talking about how those can be useful to a point. Are, are there any negative emotions? Uh, jealousy comes to mind. Mm. Uh, to me, I think jealousy is a totally wasted emotion. And, and I can't think of a, of a Not good, one of the useful ones. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are there some, uh, are, are maybe, maybe there is some, some, re- red flags that should pop up when we feel certain negative yeah. emotions. Can you think of any off the Well, you know, I, I, the way I think about it in general, I mean, jealousy is a, is a good one because it's, it's pretty destructive and there's, I mean, I, I could see a tiny bit of usefulness for it in kind of a roundabout way, but um, the main way I look at, at our emotions in general, but especially the ones that are, that are more difficult to, to experience. Um, and especially in a time like this, managing our emotions and being aware of how they come up, why they're coming up. And then I think the most important thing is whether you can use the energy of that emotion to do something productive, right? So if you're scared, um, feeling fear is an incredibly useful thing to feel if you are not safe and you need to, to you know, figure out how, how to protect yourself. Um, and so and I think it's interesting in, in our culture, we often discount that feeling as being useless or as being weak or as being, you know, there, there's there's a way in which, especially with something like this, um, that is not right in front of us, that there's something silly. And, and I think we've we've kind of come we've come around a bit, but there was a long period of time where I think people thought, oh, you're silly if you're wearing or you're feeling you're just being anxious if you wear a mask and gloves and yeah. um that there that there's something um, shameful about <laughs> about acting on on that feeling, and so I think um, I think it's important for us to really acknowledge that the feelings are there and why they're there, and then there's really this this moment, kind of a crossroads of is there something you need to do right now, and if there is, use that the energy of that emotion to help to help you get it done, to help come up with creative ways to solve whatever the problem is. Um, and then there's this important point when when you're in a situation where there is nothing left to do. You've done all the preparing you can do. You you um, 
and the the emotion is kind of taking on a life of its own. And at that point, it's just tormenting you. You know, it's kind of causing the suffering um, without providing you um, with, with something useful. And so I think noticing noticing those moments, noticing when it's no longer useful and there's not actually something for you to use that energy for. And those are the moments um, where I think it's important to to let them go to the extent that you can or at least recognize um, that you've done everything you can do and that that emotion is not actually helping you any longer in that moment. Um, you bring up the the mask exa- example, and you know, it's one of the most fascinating things. Three months ago, if you weren't shaking people's hands and you mm-hmm. were wearing a mask, you would have been looked at as a some sort of eccentric, at least, or, or yeah. you know, possibly a schizophrenic person or something. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If 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 you were having these these behaviors, and now if you were to walk up to someone and try to shake their hand, and especially if you weren't wearing a mask. Uh, yeah. th- they're going to look at you at the very least a, like a total incredibly jerk. Hostile act. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I'm wondering, and, and, and is there some sort of collective, I mean, you wrote uh, the book or at least a book on consciousness and mm-hmm. um, uh, a really wonderful book. And, and I, I guess what I'm, what I'm asking you is, is there a sort of, do you believe in this concept of a collective conscious? And if so, is, is it, mm. is it sort of changing during this pandemic? Hmm. Um, the, definitely people will ha- would have a definition of a collective um, consciousness that I, I would not subscribe to. <laughs> so I guess it depends on what you mean by that. But I, I think in this particular case, um, no, I think it's, it's really just ideas being changed on a very large scale. You know, we, we, our behavior is modified by ideas to a great degree. And the moment everyone gets on the same page um, to acknowledge there is a threat, to acknowledge that we are putting ourselves and other people in danger by behaving this way, um, you know, it's it's pretty. It's an interesting psychological experiment, actually. It's interesting um, one how long it took everyone to get on the same page, um, and two in a sense, once it happened, how quickly it happened. So it's kind of like once everyone's there, you're right. It's like the culture has suddenly changed and it's it's a temporary change, but suddenly the culture has completely flipped in terms of that. Yeah, there was a, there was the, almost this tipping point where, where everyone felt like it was an overreaction to do anything and then, right. and then very quickly everyone compensated by reacting and in, in many cases overreacting by, by panicking and, and and uh, I don't know, buying up cases of toilet paper and, and right. uh, hand sanitizer or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, right. I, I imagine, and I'm not really sure what 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 the answer is to to find. I mean, obviously, it's to find to find balance here, also to be a member yeah. of the community by not um, overindulging in um, these non-essentials. Yeah. Uh, but I was hoping to talk to you about. Um, mindfulness in children during during a time mm. like this because i can imagine how slippery that is uh, because you know, often our children become vessels for our own anxieties yes no and i think i mean that's why managing our own stress and emotions during a time like this is incredibly important not only for us but for our children and so um I mean, I actually think it's useful for children to see us 
responding appropriately to our fears and anxieties. Um, you know, we we took our, our children out of school about a week before the schools officially closed. Um, we, because we work with so many scientists and doctors, we, we just, we saw this thing coming um, and knew how serious it was about a week before, at, le- at least a week before, um, you know, the, the rest of the community was, was really able to acknowledge it. Um, so, well, a couple things there. I, w- I was just related to what you were talking about before. It was interesting um, to see most of the people in my community treat me like I was being crazy mm. uh, and then quickly shift over to the, <laughs> the many texts I received the next week of, you know, wow, you were you were right. Um, this this is this was actually coming our way in, in a way that that um, people were were slow to realize um, for for some reason. But in terms of our so so many people were actually in our community were worried about our children feeling anxious because we were taking them out of school. Right. And, and plus, your husband was probably lysoling everything in the house. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting. The, so, so when your anxiety is one, when there, when there's, when there's nothing to do, when there's no action to take, um, it becomes toxic. And when your anxiety doesn't match, when there's not actually a threat to match the level of anxiety you're feeling, though, you know, those are kind of perversions of it, and that that's when it's toxic and not useful. Um, in this case, we were so confident, we knew what was happening and what was coming, and. Our children s- did not seem anxious at all. Actually, it was interesting, and our, and our older one can is a is a is a more anxious personality type. And the fact that we could explain to her clearly why we were scared, what we were not scared of, and that this is what we were doing to protect our family, I think they felt very well protected. I think when when adults, when children. Um, are told the truth when when adults are honest with children and when they are explaining how um, how they're going to protect the children and um, I, I think that's really the best we can do especially when we're truly facing something scary right like we we try we can protect children as much as we can but there are there are the realities um, that come our way and we sometimes, have to give them bad news and we have to explain something scary that's actually happening or explain um, that someone has passed away or whatever those very difficult moments are. Um, I think we help minimize their anxiety by being very honest and clear about what we're worried about and what we're doing to protect ourselves um, and also what we don't need to be worried about. Um, And and how do you communicate what you don't need to be to be worried about? Is that through conversation or, or action, both? I think both, yeah. Um, and I think when we're managing our own stress and emotions well, when we're noticing that moment where we've done all we can do and our mind is still going in loops and we're still racing and we're still feeling very anxious, that that's a moment to kind of check in with ourselves and get more in touch with with the present moment and what's actually um, happening so that we're not embodying that around our children. Um, and sorry, I thought you asked a question that I 
I started to answer, but I, I kind of went off. <laughs> well, I, there, there was one other question I, I wanted to, 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 to address. And, and I guess I'm learning some things about myself throughout this whole, this whole process. Mm-hmm. Have you learned anything unexpected during your whole quarantine? Hmm. Anything fun, quirky, serious, silly? Um, oh, you mean something specific? I mean, in general, I have been surprised at how how nice our daily lives are. <laughs> I, mean, I was not expecting to enjoy this new way of life so much. Um, it, it's a very yeah. I've, I've talked to a lot of people who feel this way. It's a very strange. It's hard to. And, and I think we actually should enjoy it as much as we can. Um, but there's kind of a resistance to that that's interesting because the cause of the things that we're enjoying about life is so horrific and it's causing so much suffering for so many people that it's hard. There's something that feels wrong about finding any upside or finding any enjoyment in the midst of it. Um, and so I think that's something that, that we also have to be very mindful of. Um, but I do, I think it's very interesting to notice all of the ways in which my life feels um, more enjoyable when we shut everything down in the way that we have. It, it's been, it's not a total surprise to me because I'm an introvert, but I, I, did, I didn't realize how much modern life was, was getting to me. Yeah. Until we stopped it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I feel like um, as an extreme introvert myself, I've been self-quarantining for the last decade. It's sort of right. just been preparation for this. I, that I didn't even know this thing I was preparing for. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I do I, I find a sense of like that's how it breaks down really. Introverts are really emotionally for the most part thriving under these conditions and, and extroverts are, are having a harder time. For sure. Ryan, uh, he is, uh, I mean, he feels a, a, a low level sort of consistent undercurrent of despair uh, yeah. th- that because he is the exact opposite of me uh, um, right. in terms of extroversion, uh, uh, the life of the party. Also, personality yeah. wise, we're, we're literally exact opposites. And mm-hmm. he, he's just very sort of outgoing and needs to be around people all the time. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's despair That's inducing awesome. in a way that, yeah. that he yeah. didn't anticipate. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, um, Annika, thank you so much for doing this. I, I really appreciate yeah, thank it. You. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for for everything you're doing and um, enjoy it as much as you can and stay safe and um, yeah, be be well. I'll talk to you, talk to you at some point soon, I'm sure. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much. Thanks.